Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep in the post. Lots of contact. Oh, what a block by Wallace. What a jump ball. He's down four, 12 inside for Andre and a dynamite dunk. Welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, and uh, it's been a rough stretch. It's been a rough stretch for our Detroit Pistons. A couple of tough losses. That was a direct message from the Pistons. They're sorry, Aaron, that they've let you down. You know, uh, I've been sick with the strep, with strep throat since the weekend, and. I don't know what's made me feel worse, watching the Pistons games against OKC and Milwaukee or the strep throat. Uh, they've both been terrible, and I've wanted to, I, I don't know, I don't want this kind of pain in my life. I'll say this, boys. After that Warriors game, we all, I think, were a little too high. Uh, got a little too excited after seeing them knock off the reigning champions, only to hit one of the real lowest lows I feel like we'll hit this whole season. It's been a it's been a real tough stretch. It's been hard to watch, like Aaron said. Listen, maybe we all got a little too high, but maybe it's just because weed is now legal recreationally here in the state of Michigan. Is that what you were getting at, Ryan? I don't know if that's what I was getting at, Brendan. I don't think so. But take it for what you will, I guess. But anyways, the Detroit Pistons, we talked about the month of December last week on the podcast, and... The biggest point we made is December's going to be tough. December's going to be grueling. And it's supposed to be a joyful holiday season, but it might not be so joyful for Pistons fans. And on Saturday, December 1st, the Detroit Pistons gave you the ultimate tease. They absolutely fooled you. They had everybody sold. You watched them convincingly beat the Golden State Warriors after a really strong finish to the month of November. They're sitting five, six games above 500, 
and you're going, my God, let's go. All of a sudden, they play OKC. And you know what? Nights happen where you just, it's not going your way. You play a darn good team. They take it to you. And OKC did that. But then to come back versus a Milwaukee team who had not been playing very good basketball and to just get again embarrassed in Milwaukee. Boys, that's a tough go. Brendan, you can handle nights where they're not a team's not playing well. Like you said, things aren't going your way, shots aren't falling. It happens. It's an 82-game season. Nights like that are going to happen. It was tough to watch against the Thunder because it just was all sorts of out of sync. But to watch it come back against the Bucks and happen again for a second night in a row and to get outworked by far in crucial, crucial situations, that's not okay. I, I get it's just two games, but what a brick wall we've run into. Yeah, this is a Detroit team that I think is still a good team. Like, there's a, there's a lot to like with the way things have gone for them this year. Uh, they've withstood a five-game losing streak. They've beaten teams that are better than them. I mean, you look at their victories on the season. Golden State, Toronto, Philadelphia. They've beaten teams that are, they are not better than. Um, but for them to go out after... Being one of the hottest teams in the NBA, for them to go out and get embarrassed by OKC, who has played fantastic basketball after starting the season 0-4 or 0-5, they've been absolutely fantastic on both sides of the floor, and then go and get lambasted by the Bucks, who, quite frankly, were very beatable without Chris Middleton, um, and Detroit near full strength, I mean... Granted, they didn't have Reggie Bullock, but they had Luke Kennard back. Um, Detroit blew an opportunity to, to steal a game where one of the team uh, one a team's one of their top players is out, and Detroit missed a golden opportunity to do that. Uh, and not only did they lose the game, but they were embarrassed again. And and I think Blake Griffin and Dwayne Casey, per usual, the, the leaders of the team, per usual. Uh, came out post game, and I believe this was. I think some of it was said against after the game against OKC, and I think some of it was said against the game after the game against Milwaukee. But pretty much both of them talked about how they go out and they 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 beat Golden State, and then they blow the trust of the fans by getting embarrassed by t- t- in their next two games. And just to reiterate about this Milwaukee Bucks team. They're the number two seed in the East, but since Thanksgiving, they've lost to the Suns. They've lost to the Hornets. They barely beat the Bulls. Yes, they do have a win over the Spurs, but then they just lost to the Knicks. They were coming into that Pistons game after a loss to the abysmal Knicks. Oh yeah, this was a team that has significantly cooled off since their league-leading start to the season. Uh, and they were, again, without one of their top players. Detroit should have came in, and even if they didn't win, they should have competed in that game through and through, and they were trailing from the start and never looked like they had any sign of life in them besides Blake Griffin. 
what kills me about this is a wasted performance by Blake Griffin. He he was dominant against the Bucks, absolutely dominant. Thirty-one seven and four, I believe the stat line was. He played really well. He was getting in Giannis's head too. Until later in the game when the Bucks completely took over and he dunked on him. That's another story. Uh-huh. Um, but they absolutely wasted that performance. Blake had, what, 23 points at one point and the rest of the team had 22? I mean, it can't be like this. And I understand, this is a solid team. I agree with Aaron. I 1 million percent agree with that. You just can't waste a performance like that against a team that is without one of their better players who had just blown a 22-point lead, I was, I believe it was, to the Knicks, who had cooled down, like Aaron said, from their league-leading start. This is a very winnable game, and if you don't win it, at least you put the effort forth and you lose a tight one. Something like that. Something that is respectable. These last two games haven't even been respectable, boys. Not one bit. Not one bit. Again, that OKC game, 110-83. The final scored the Bucks game, 115-92. Not even close. That's after the 111-102 victory over the Warriors. Um, prior to that OKC game, you know, the Pistons had won five straight. They had been looking really good. They were 13-7. and And, you know, win versus Milwaukee. And maybe beginning of a little bit of a win streak as they go in tonight to play uh, a 76ers team who's going to be without Joel Embiid. Maybe you find a way to get yourself creeping into the three seed in the Eastern Conference. But now you're sitting at 13 and 9, and things are not looking very good, which just kind of leads to the question where are you at with your basketball team? And yes, I'm asking you, the listeners, too. Where are you at with your basketball team? Because they've been, they've gotten on a hot start. But last year, boys, let's not forget, the Pistons started something like 14 or 15 and 7. And everybody was like, oh my goodness, here we go. I remember Aaron being super juiced. And then it kind of fell apart. Why is this year different? And Aaron, I know, has an answer, and he's going to stick up for it because that's what Aaron will do. And I'm not saying he's even wrong. But I want you to really ask yourself before you hear Aaron's point, if you're listening to this, why is this year different? What difference is there? This is a Pistons team who played well. They have a couple really embarrassing losses. They're going into a grueling month of December. Everything is stacked against them. What is going to change between last year and this year? And now I will let Aaron answer. I think the primary thing is, there's a couple primary things. One, Detroit cooled off last year because Reggie Jackson went down with that grade three ankle sprain that destroyed his season um and two last year the Pistons didn't have Blake Griffin some nights what Blake Griffin did against Milwaukee that will be enough and and the rest of the team won't play as poorly as they did because that was just an abysmal (coughs) performance from everyone else on that team through and through um but some nights, just having Blake Griffin and getting a little bit of better play from a few more players on your team will do will be enough. 
what's some? What what's that range of games you're thinking? Is that like a difference of three to five games? Is that a difference of seven to ten games? I don't know. I think I think it can be around five games, and five games means a lot in the NBA. Five games. I think. I don't know the numbers. Five I think, more wins put, probably puts the Pistons in the playoffs last yeah, year, or at least gets I would, them a heck of a lot closer. Yeah, I mean, I know they finished as a nine seed. I think five five wins would probably put them in there. Um, but I mean that that means a lot, and I think even though Reddy Jackson is so inconsistent, just him being on the court, especially now that we just received news that Ish Smith is going to be out two weeks at least, or he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks after suffering a right adductor a tear. Um, you know, having him means a lot. Reggie is still your best point guard, and Detroit's got to figure out what the hell they're going to do with the backup point guard spot because if they're going to play the guy who I think they're going to play, I may have to take a break from watching the Pistons. Uh, but it's different. Your than relationship, last year. but you're just taking a break. Right. It's different this year with Detroit. This team is built differently. They have a much more capable coach, they have a true superstar, and the players that are injured are not their starting point guard, who, whether you like it or not, is the third piece in your so-called big three. Can I can I just say something real quick? A point you made is, you said, from what I understand from what you said, is you believe Blake Griffin makes his team five games better than last year. I, I think he's good enough to where he can drag you through performances in a way that Tobias Harris couldn't, or okay. Andre Drummond couldn't last So five year. games better makes them the eighth seed. Yeah. Is that our expectation? No. What are we I, expecting? I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that Detroit is going to play at this bad of a level the rest of the season. I'm saying that in this case where Detroit started the season off hot last year and then once Reggie Jackson went down they cooled off. Now Detroit's lost a couple of games in a row in, in pretty bad fashion. Right, right around the time where they started to go down their downfall last year, I think this team is just built differently to where they can win more games and games that may be somewhat of a toss-up or may be tougher to win. Blake Griffin is going to be able to drag you through those games. This team is so much better than the team that they were last year, and that's based off of Blake Griffin, Dwayne Casey, just a better built team around what they have as their core in Blake and Andre. Um, this Yeah, this team is much better than that. And if they finish as the eighth seed, that's just nowhere near – that's it's not good enough to what they should be in. I mean, I think that can lead us into our next topic of if Detroit is in a position where they need to make a move with the way that they're playing. Because I don't think the sky is falling with this team. I don't want that to be the the – way that people take what I'm saying. I don't. I think this team is still good enough to be the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference if they keep things the way that they are. But I think you would want to shoot higher than that at the same time. So I think that that could bring us into our next topic of Detroit's. Uh, do they need to go after a start or another good player? Do they need to try to make upgrades to this roster, even if it means sacrificing players that maybe some people don't want to trade? Okay, which is fair, and we do need to get into that topic. Um, but that was something I wanted to clarify with you. Uh, because, like you said, you don't think the sky is falling with this team. And that shouldn't be what anyone takes from our position, I think, as a podcast. I don't think anyone thinks the sky is falling. But I think these last two games have taught us something. 
This, that, t- this team is way more mortal than we, we thought they were. Yes. This, this team was this, riding high on a hot streak, and after two abysmal losses, we got reminded that they're very much not as good as the way they were playing. All the cliches. It's a long season. It's an 82-game season. Games happen where there are off nights. But that's these are two good teams. They just played playoff-caliber teams, and they got spanked. So it makes you think about it. It's more than just an, oh, it happens. Because it wasn't two close losses or two, uh, they didn't play their best and they lost by 10. It was blowouts. And I know I keep reiterating that. It's it's one thing to have a game where, you know what, you just have a bad fourth quarter and get you out. You know, it's a close game. All of a sudden, the fourth quarter, a couple things happen. You fall out of the game and you end up losing by 12. That's not how these games work. Especially the OKC game. They were beat right out of the gate. And right this, out of the gate. And this brings me back to a point I've made earlier in other podcasts and we've had as well. Water finds its level. This is a low these two are games are low points. It's this is not how it's gonna be the rest of the year. They'll come back and find their uh level. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, is that level good enough? And like Aaron said, do upgrades need to be made to the roster? And that's something we need to discuss, fellas, because I'm in the boat that they do need to be made. I think I've made that abundantly clear that a roster upgrade needs to happen. Brendan, you and I, we've talked about it. We agree. I know. I think Aaron's on board with it. So I guess we'll start. I don't know. I've taken over the hosting duty also. I'm sorry, Brendan. Well, Aaron teased the next topic. He did. It's just like, I know. I'm just sitting back. I'm just sitting back. It's so okay. I, I do. I want thoughts from both of you fellas. We'll start with Aaron, um, our fearless leader. On what he thinks moves up. Oh, don't say fearless. He is oh, so no, fearful. Oh, no, he's full of fear. Uh, he's a little boy. He's I don't a want to upset the Pistons' Twitter. No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I remember, yes. I remember a few weeks back on a special holiday edition podcast, I went out and I, I set the tone pretty clearly on us not taking shit from Pistons' Twitter. So, um, to say that, I think it's a little ill-informed. Aaron stood on the front lines. He for took once. one for the team. For once. His, the for CO, once. our commanding officer, leading the troops into battle. Sir, yes, sir. His brave heart moment All on right. the pod. All right. I'm, How I'm, did Aaron gain the leadership quality? How did he gain the trust of his troops? Extreme ownership. The day they bought in was Thanksgiving. <laughs> the Thanksgiving pod. Aaron made <laughs> The Thanksgiving stand. story of Palace of Pistons. <laughs> Aaron, Leonidas Aaron and his 300. <laughs> but all right, boys. Back okay. on topic. So, in short, hell yeah, the Pistons need need to make some moves. Yes. What it, what what players are you willing to move? Who are you willing to sacrifice? What do you want to take on? Okay. So, since unfortunately, Bradley Beal does not seem to be so much on the market or obtainable for Detroit, the guy that I've moved on to, I want a little bit of a homecoming. I'm not talking about Austin Day. Yikes. I'm not talking about Kyle Sigler. Jesus. I'm talking it's Jonas Jerebko. Huh. No. It's Chris Middleton. Okay. So he's got a little bit of an odd situation going on in Milwaukee. Uh, he was benched a few games back. He missed a game against Detroit for personal reasons. Um, he never got full clarification on what those personal reasons were. There was a report going around that him and head coach of the Bucks, Mike Budenholzer, were having some issues. So, 
Chris Middleton becomes available, Luke Kennard, Stanley Johnson, the Bucks don't want him, but Reggie Jackson, um, the Bucks don't want him, but Henry Allenson, whatever, whatever assets, I think for Chris Middleton, I would stop, I wouldn't trade Andre Drummond for Chris Middleton, um, I think, I wouldn't trade Blake or Andre for Chris Middleton, I definitely want to trade Blake, don't think I would trade Andre, but anyone else on that roster, in some kind of combination, as long as it's not Luke Kennard, Bruce Brown, and Stanley Johnson all together, everyone else is fair game for Chris Middleton, uh, I mean, just like Bradley Beal fits perfectly, Chris Middleton fits perfectly. He's a two-way player, absolute sharpshooter, secondary playmaker. Him and Blake uh, play, leading the floor. God, Reggie Jackson wouldn't even be necessary on this team. Both those guys could just run the offense. And then you have Luke Kennard or even Andre you know, running the offense for a few possessions here and there. It's like this team wouldn't even need a traditional point guard. Just go get another yeah, just, sharpshooter. Just set up some flare screens for Andre. Let him strike. No, let me talk. Come on. <laughs> no, so let me, let me say real clip. quick. Let me Sorry, say real quick it. here, uh, Aaron. So you brought up <laughs> some players you're willing to move part with to get Chris Milton, in which I like the idea. I like the idea of bringing Chris Milton in. Um, what would be... Your first, your first offer. What is who you're willing to part with first? I don't know how the salary matches up, so that it, that does make it tough. Come on, pull up that ESPN trade maker real quick. But I would, I would start off. I, I still think Luke Kennard's a greater prospect than Stanley Johnson, even with the way Stanley has played. And that's tough for me to say because a big Stanley Johnson, big, stand. big Stanley big. Johnson guy right here, big. But I start with Stanley Johnson, Langston Galloway. Um, and maybe Kyrie Thomas. And then maybe you have to throw in a second round pick. If you're in the Bucks, are you taking They're not, but you, you start low. You start low, right? Okay. That's great. Get their counteroffer. See what they're... Because obviously no one's going to trade for lesser value. So obviously you offer the lower value you pick to see what they really want in return. You see how loud they laugh at you. And then you say... Do okay. they hang up right away or do they counter? Right. And... Odds are, if the situation is that bad, they'll counter. As long as the Bucks are getting some shooting, though, I think if, if if there's really an issue, and I don't really know if there's an issue, but if Chris Middleton is available, and this is just hypothetical because I think he would fit so well in Detroit, they're going to say, you can obviously do better than that. We want Luke Kennard. You say, okay, because, again, Luke Kennard's a good prospect. He's going to be a decent player. But when you have a chance to get Chris Middleton who is as good as he is and fits with the win now and the play style of his team, you go get him. So if it's Luke Kennard and Stanley Johnson, and I don't know what else, but as long as that third piece isn't Bruce Brown, you do it. Let me ask you a question, Ryan. If you're the Bucks, Stanley Johnson, Luke Kennard, second-round pick for Chris Middleton, are you taking that deal? I think I would. Honestly, look at the way Stanley Johnson's playing. He's becoming somewhat... You're going to take a guy that is only proven he could be a contributor off the bench. You're going to take Luke Kennard, who's proven nothing in the NBA. And you're going to take a flyer second-round pick for well, they, Chris Middleton. They improve their bench by taking Stanley Johnson. They, 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 they don't need a starter, necessarily, in Milwaukee to make up for Chris Milton. They have a solid group. Now you're bringing in 
what the Pistons are almost dubbing Stanley Johnson as a super sub. He looks comfortable coming off the bench. He plays his best coming off the bench. And he's looking to turn into a very solid NBA player coming off the bench. So that's a, that's a valuable asset for the Bucks. And what if all Luke Kennard needs, maybe, is that scene, change of scenery. He's had some struggles in his time in Detroit, some up and downs. Maybe he changes his scenery, changes his coach. I know he just changed his coach from SVG to uh, Dwayne Casey, but he gets in a groove. We've seen at times that Luke Kennard can put up points fast in this league. Becomes another solid scorer off the bench for Milwaukee. So Middleton is 27 years old. He has a player option at the end of the season. He's due $13 million. He's going to decline that. He's, he's going to accept the player option. He's going to hit unrestricted free agency. So this is a guy that if the situation's bad with the Bucks, even if the Bucks hold on to him, I'm sure he's leaving anyway. So for Detroit, you reunite him. You should have never traded him. You bring him back home to where, where he belongs in the Motor City, Detroit basketball. That's where Chris Middleton belongs, right? You bring him back. And you and you say, hey, you may have played with Giannis. Let's play you with. Let's put you with a better player. And oh, okay. Oh, I love it. I love it. Wow. Plant that flag. Blake is the man. I love it. Plant that flag. But here's the thing, Giannis. Giannis is on a player option expiring contract, essentially. Chris Middleton. Did I say Giannis? Yeah. I meant Middleton. Excuse me, Middleton. Yes. So you don't have any control over the player. Correct. That kind of takes his value down a little bit, it does. does it not? That, that, and that that's also, a game changer, and I will give you that. Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm still in the belief that if the Pistons want to make a real, legitimate move, it requires trading Andre Drummond. Because you don't have much else. But Chris Middleton might be that, that special scenario. He might be that exception. With the player, uh, the, the, um, Extension for the player only or the player option. I mean, that uh, that might be the exception. Other than that, I think you're going to be hard pressed to get a difference maker, like a true difference maker, without moving Andre Drummond, and you have to restructure the way that your team plays, which I think is very possible. I really do, and that's not knocking Andre Drummond. I think if you went out, though, and you got a guy like Bradley Beal, you could restructure the way this team plays, and they could be better. I do believe that. Sorry, Pistons Twitter. But that that's a team-transforming move. Yes. That, that is, that's like a Blake Griffin so, type move if you so, move him. So here's the offer that I, I, I would, would hope the Bucks would at least consider. Ishmith. Stanley Johnson and Luke Kennard for Chris Middleton. It works salary wise. Bucks get a backup point guard right now. They're using Matthew Dellavedova. I mean, come on. You get shooting with Luke Kennard. That's another prospect to work with. And you get Stanley Johnson. You can go on your bench. Probably should play the four. Can play the three two. And he's a great defender. And you don't have to worry about him defending Giannis. Okay, that part was a joke because at the end of the day, no one's stopping Giannis. But in reality, you get a really good defender. And a guy that's fi- finally coming into his own. You get a shooter, a nice prospect, and then you get a backup point guard that can be a stopgap at times. Here's here's the thing for you real quick. I need some sort of guarantee from Giannis for Detroit. I, mean, I keep saying Giannis. Damn it. Yes. I keep saying Giannis. Give Giannis a guarantee Giannis to Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> yes. I mean we Middleton. We will take it. I we'll mean take it. Middleton. I can't give up Stanley Johnson and Luke Kennard 
if that means Chris Middleton is going to accept his player option and go to free agency and leave Detroit after the year. That leaves them in such a worse, a terrible spot. I can't have that. Well, I need some sort of guarantee from Chris Middleton if this trade's going through. If that is the type of move that Milwaukee's willing to accept. you got to think Middleton's going to want a pay increase. Of course, obviously. He's going to decline the player option. Decline. I I said accept. I meant decline. Um, Now, this trade is pretty even salary-wise. I think Detroit ends up saving a couple hundred thousand dollars. But if... Middleton hits unrestricted free agency. Detroit doesn't have the money to up like pay him an upgrade. They don't. So they have to they have to clear cap space. So that means you got to find a way to clear John Lure. Probably got to find a way to clear Larson Galloway, which you can probably trade Galloway right now with the way he's played this year. Um, but trading John Lure, who has had a couple decent games, but in reality, no one's taking ten million, ten and a half million without a pick attached to it. So then Detroit's got more work cut out for him. Which might make this trade even harder to do. Which, yeah. So, there, there's a lot of factors that go into moving a player. It's not as simple as, hey, I want this guy and I'm willing to give this up. A lot of things go into trades and a lot of subsequent moves have to be made or yeah. have to be planned. So, Brendan, you brought up that you would trade Andre Drummond. Obviously, a transformational move. Let's say they don't do that. Is there another player outside of Chris Middleton you would be looking to go after in this league? Or is that who you're kind of set on to? You know, it's... To me, I I like Aaron's approach of Chris Middleton. I think he's a guy that fits. You know, I kind of look at where's the hole on this Pistons roster. You know, I still think that they could utilize another um, four or five man in the rotation. Uh, I think they could utilize a third point guard, but those aren't really major difference-making moves. Um... You know, so I would what I would want to know, you know more focus on is let's go with the hypothetical that they make the Chris Middleton trade. What's the follow up move? Because now you have to go find a backup point guard because you can't run Jose out there. And are you just going to make Bruce Braun your backup point guard? I know Aaron's like maybe getting a boner thinking about that, but I don't know if that's actually a legitimate option yet. So if you traded away Ish Smith and you traded away Luke Kennard, who we've talked about as another guy that could play your point guard in a, in a situation, does Langston Galloway slide over to being a backup point guard? Do we have to go out and make another follow-up move? I think the Pistons would be a guard away uh, in that second team, that rotation, um, from being a legitimate threat, but I think Chris Middleton would be a great upgrade. And without moving Drummond, he's a guy that's the exception because I'm still a believer. I look at this Pistons roster, and I just I just wish they were going in a different direction. I, I, I completely understand why Tom Gorris wants the Pistons to be competitive. It makes sense. This is a team that for 10 years has been bottom of the barrel, has lost a lot of money, has lost a lot of interest from fans in the city of Detroit. And this is a lot more about gaining back interest than it is going all in for a championship. But as a guy that wants to see a team in Detroit win, and be at the top. 
Maybe I'm part of the minority, but I, I want to see this team make moves to win a championship. And they are still several moves away from that. When you have Blake Griffin playing as good as he is, yes, Andre is one heck of a basketball player. But maybe you move a guy like Andre to bring in an elite scorer on the wing. You make a follow-up move to bring in a, a center, which I don't necessarily have a name off the top of my head, but he doesn't need to be anything monumental. Just a guy that can get the job done. An upgrade from Zaza Pachulia, right? But he's not going to be Andre Drummond level. But you invest in elite scoring on the wing. You have Blake Griffin. And maybe you could even find a way to slightly upgrade your point guard spot, Reggie. Maybe you just have to live with Reggie. But I don't think a team can make that many. It's not a one season. It's not a one season thing. To me, I just think more bigger picture beyond this season. And I think everything we're talking about is talking about helping the Pistons this season. You know, in reality, we're talking about the Pistons making these big moves. The name that's been recently rumored to Detroit is Damian Dotson of the Knicks. So that's where we're really at. That, that's that's, that's more of a level. That's more of a level. You know, the Pistons fans can dream all they want, but... That's the biggest name that's come out of trade talk so far with Detroit this year. It's tough. It's interesting. I think what we've discovered in our conversation right now is that making any sort of move is going to be difficult because subsequent moves must follow, and there's a lot of bigger picture thoughts. Now, I, I'm not even just talking about like trading Andre Drummond. I'm just talking like if the Chris Middleton move was made, well. That's a player option. He's going to decline and want more money. You're going to have to clear space at the end of the year, at the end of the year or you really just hurt yourself even worse by getting rid of Stanley Johnson, Luke Kennard, and then you lose Chris Middleton. Now what? So there's a lot of things that need to happen, a lot of moves that need to be made, a lot of thought process needs to, they have to go through as a team, as a front office. It's just it's tough because I think everyone is in agreement there needs to be some sort of roster upgrade. It's just can it be done? And what is it? So I guess we'll have to just kind of wait and see. But what you talk about is the Pistons play the 76ers. And it's a game where Joel Embiid is not playing. Of course, Ish Smith is also out for the Pistons. This begins a back-to-back home series. I guess they have Saturday off. But I mean, two straight home games where they will bring in New Orleans on Sunday. And they hit the road for a couple of games as well. When they go back to Philadelphia and then to Charlotte. So a couple of games coming up for the Pistons. And after that Charlotte game, they don't play again until Saturday. We will have a podcast out for you before that Saturday home showdown against the Boston Celtics. But the Pistons, a lot of games before we pod next. That's two with the 76ers, New Orleans, and Charlotte. We will see how they fare as they currently ride a two-game skid trying to turn things around and remain a top four seed in the Eastern Conference. As we always say, this podcast is growing and it's because of you. Make sure you tell your friends. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Ryan Pay, at A. Johnson NBA, at Media Brendan, at Palace of Pistons is our official Twitter page, at Palace Pistons on Instagram. Like, rate, 
review, subscribe to the podcast. Let us know if there's things you want us to talk about. We want to hear from you. Maybe there's topics we aren't hitting on that you want to hear us talk about. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, and we would be happy to do that for our great listeners. So we appreciate everybody tuning into this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, and we will see you next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.